Hi, everybody. Welcome to Touchpoints. Um, this is your host, Sam Rajesh. Um, a little bit about the show before we start. So Touchpoints is basically a talk show, um, and it's here so I can have people to come on the show and share their stories um, with you and with the rest of the world. And I think there's so much value in sitting down and having a conversation with somebody and really taking the time out of your day to hear their life, um, hear about what's going on in their lives and what they feel, what they think. Um, and that's just kind of what I hope to do with this show. Um, and a little bit about myself before we start. Um, I'm a sophomore at GW. I'm majoring in international affairs and minoring in journalism. Um, I'm originally from India, but I've grown up kind of everywhere in the world. Um, but home for me would be India and Singapore, where I went to high school. Um, but yeah, um, let's just get right into the show. Um, so today we have my friend B here. B, thanks so much for being on the show. Um, for those of you who don't know her, she's one of the funniest, kindest, and best people I have met in DC. And I'm so happy that she gets to kick off um, Touchpoints today. Um, so B and I actually met not too long ago when she was um, our friend Emily's date to our sorority formal. And we just kind of hit it off and we spent the rest of the night just talking in her dorm um, about our childhood, like where we had lived growing up, um, you know, being a brown person, we kind of, um, you know, related on that element a lot. Coming to the U.S. as immigrants, um, kind of like somewhere in between all these conversations, we sort of had this instant connection that's hard to explain and quite literally kind of became friends overnight, I would say, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but anyways, I wanted her to be on the show so you all get to meet her and so that she can share her story with you, too. Um, but yeah, so be, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for having me. And Sam is also one of the kindest, pure hearted person I've met. And it's very hard for me to make friends. And she made it very easy. Um, she was very ap approachable and very kind. Um, a little bit about me. My name is Bandana Adhikari. Um, I was born in Nepal. Um, I Im immigrated to um, the U.S. at the age of nine. Um, I'm majoring in international business. Um, I'm still kind of working the kinks out with a minor in sustainability. Um, UW was actually not one of my first choice. My first choice was U Chicago, and I got mm -hmm. waitlisted, sadly, <laughs> and I did not apply for the waitlist. So GW was um, introduced to me by a good friend, and since I was majoring in international business, I knew that they had a really good international business program. And I kind of looked into it and I fell in love through YouTube videos and online. This is act coming to D.C. for the school was the first time that I, I had actually been to D.C. I had not wow. been to D.C. prior to that. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really a cool experience. That's awesome. It's awesome. Um, so tell me a little bit about, you know, where you're from and kind of like how it was growing up for you there. Um, and, you know, like your hobbies, like your interests, kind of just... Right. Yeah. So a little backstory. Um, we're originally Nepali, but my parents um, moved to Bhutan due to some things all the way back decades ago. And the Nepali community stayed in Bhutan for many, I don't know, like the correct um, stats, but they stayed for many decades. And the Bhutanese government, they were threatened that the Nepali people would eventually overthrow their government since the Bhutanese culture and Nepalese culture is so different. So they um, kicked out all the Nepali people. They imprisoned um, the men. They kind of like raped women and kind of harassed them. And so my, through that, my family moved to back to Nepal. But then the Nepali government was like, 
we we don't have because it's a third world country obviously it's, it's right. still difficult it's very poor and they don't have the resources or anything to have us back so they kind of put us in refugee camps um so we were kind of refugee in our own country which is actually mm-hmm. very sad to think about and although i was born in, in the refugee camp of nepal i never got the citizenship so mm-hmm. in bhutan i don't know anything only my parents are tied to that and nepal even though i was raised there i have friends and memories there but since I didn't get a citizenship and since being a refugee, you kind of get looked down as like at. Mm -hmm. And so I never kind of felt like I was part of like Nepal. Like I I, I am Nepali, but the country didn't really accept me and the people around me didn't accept me. So um, as in the identity part, and then we moved to America um, at the age of nine and we moved to New Hampshire and we (coughs) lived there for two years. And then we moved to Massachusetts, which I've lived for the rest of my life or as of now, Um, and the transition from moving from Nepal to America as a refugee was really hard, but but it made me who I am today, and I'm so grateful for that experience, because life in Nepal was so different, because in life in Nepal is like you're surviving every second, you have nothing Mm -hmm. to worry about, as in in America, you have so much time to like stress about unnecessary things. But in Nepal, yeah. it's like, will I get to eat, you know, right. tomorrow? Am I waking up tomorrow? There's no like, uh, there's no like government doesn't really give you anything. It's a very corrupt system. So, um, you know, we had to kind of rely on ourselves to like farm and get resources and all that, which is also why I want to go into sustainability because I'm very um, big on like climate change because in Nepal we only got things from the nature you know Mm, the only resources we had was nature our houses were built out of bamboo sticks we uh, for like the cement we use cow's dung Mm. you know so animals and nature and all that was very um, precious to us and that was our resource so coming to America and seeing people kind of take advantage of that is like very sad to see, which is why I want to go into sustainability and go into a company that kind of values the sustainable aspect of things. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I know I was really interested about how, you know, that transition was for you because I also kind of relate to that in a sense, like moving from one country to another, it's like a completely different world. But I don't know, what was your biggest kind of surprise? Did you have any like, you know, conceptions about life in the U.S. before you came here? And like, you know, how did that compare to like, expectations i'm just curious oh yeah for sure life i mean obviously when you're coming from a third world country and america is like america you know it's like everything is perfect there everyone is happy and they're satisfied with their life and then we come to america and we're like bombarded with bills like the language barrier the culture differences racism discrimination Mm -hmm. and it's just like it it was Nothing I expected, but that's like mm. the, if you look at it in like the negative aspect, and I, I don't like doing that. Yeah. So looking at it from the positive aspect, there's so many, so much more opportunities and resources and you stick true, if you stick like true to your roots and you kind of, um, if you, like if you go, if you think about it in the negative aspect, you're always going to go down the negative path. So if you look at it from the positive aspect, like we had such amazing like school and resources, like I would not... Like thinking about it coming from Nepal and studying in the capital of the, you know, the U.S., it's it's, it's a big transition and I'm so grateful um, to be here. That's awesome. I I like that perspective as well. And I think that's kind of like all you can do and all you have to do in a lot of times. Um, But 
That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I want to like know more about you, like growing up, like what were your favorite memories from your childhood? Um, I don't know about you, but like me, I always like think really fondly of the memories I had growing up mm -hmm. and I was lucky enough to have mm -hmm. a great childhood. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, how was it growing up for you? Like, <laughs> right. So going a little bit back when people think of refugees, they kind of look down upon them. And the yeah. second, I also don't like saying I'm refugee a lot because the second I say people are like, oh, like, I'm so sorry. Like, oh, like they kind of show this p pity and sympathy towards me. And I'm like, yeah. don't be sorry. There's actually a quote that I read um, a couple of days ago. And it's like, refugee is like being a survivor. You know, it's right. like, it's a strength. And it's, it's just part of who you are. You can't like say, I'm not a refugee because, yeah. <clears throat> you know, that's just how you grew up. And so... I will never look at being a refugee as something bad or negative or something I, you know, regret because it's not a choice. <laughs> like I That's didn't cho true. choose yeah. to be a refugee. It's just how um, the circumstances around me and how I grew up and who whom I grew up. So when I grew up, it's, you know how in America I kind of felt misplaced because I was like a Nepali and obviously we're a minority and I was I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of felt misplaced because everybody had their own cultures, like going to the mall and like um, for them fun is like going to the mall, shopping, going bowling, yeah. ice skating. And for me back there, like in Nepal, fun was just like playing with mud and right. like rocks and like. Uh, there was no technology like right. I didn't even know social media I didn't even know anything until I came to um, America it was just being in like just kind of it kind of makes you like value um, a life without like technology you know like you just have to spend time with people in person yeah. that's how you like had fun you play in the rain you know it's like the tv style you know when, when people like look at like tv shows about that it's literally how life was back there um Wow, I'm honestly so jealous of that because <laughs> I feel like we were kind of like the last generation, if I can even right. say that. But I know what you mean because, like, growing up, I spent a lot of my early childhood in like Shanghai, and like, yes, it was a city, but like you said, there was not like social media at that time. Like, we weren't allowed to have phones at that time. Um, right. There was no think, like yeah. the pressure to like be someone. Like right nowadays, yeah. social media is like full of influencers and stuff, which is great. But now, like, little kids are being pressured to like be just just like them and stuff and for like for me back then like my influencer was my parents and people around me you know um so yeah that's awesome that's awesome so school was one also one of the big uh big difference um in nepal versus america and in, in nepal every time a teacher walks in you stand up and you're like good morning teacher oh, wait, that's or, the same or, or good morning India. sir good morning uh madame hey. and so Coming here and seeing that when somebody comes, a teacher comes in, like, good morning, kids, and nobody, like, acknowledges them. It's really sad to see because we right. grew up with the um, the lesson of, like, teacher are, like, they're even, like, higher than your parents, you know? Yes, we call true, them gurus, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So they're, like, some, like, parents are obviously so important, but even before parents, teachers are so important because they're, they're the one teaching you, you know, the basic necessities of life and how to... Um, how to move on with your life and how to get wisdom and how to learn things. So when coming to America, I see like <laughs> students like disrespecting teacher and like not acknowledge, acknowledging them and that it, it just really hurts to see the difference in culture and that not everybody obviously and not right. every, but 
that relationship that you have with your teacher in Nepal and your friends is so different than the relationship you have here. Because in Nepal, it's like your brother and sisters yeah. with every like every student, and like their teacher is literally like your guru, which is like your parents or your god, however you want to interpret. Everybody right. has different interpretations. And here, it's like you're so distant. You know, you go there for like a forty-five minutes and you're done. Like you don't see them. You don't know anything about their life most of the time. Exactly. And you, students don't try to ask, and teachers don't really like kind of like to talk sure. about their personal life you know so there's no like that relationship and in nepal when you're living in the community everybody knows who you are mm-hmm. you know like you walk through an alley and everyone's like hey like hi and they're asking about your day they know about your whole life right. they know about the little problems the big problems they help you here you don't even know your next door neighbor right. like i don't no, I, that's true. That's i've been true. living for like 10 years in massachusetts i don't know who lives next door to me yeah like you know but the but th- that's not the case with everyone. That's like, I know, like, some people, like, come when you move into a neighborhood, they, like, come and bring you. But but then after that, there's nothing. There's nothing more than the giving you, like, a welcoming gift, you know? So that, like, relationship is, like, very different than Nepal versus America. And mm-hmm. I kind of miss that. Like, I miss yeah. that, like, peop- like, surrounding myself with people who, even if they're strangers, like, you have no right. blood relation. You don't need a blood relation, you know? It's the relationship that makes you like family not family you know that quote whatever I agree. That it, yeah I know, for sure and like i kind of related that too i think growing up in you know in any community it's a very um like communal kind of society it's not an individualistic exactly. society at all exactly and you know a lot of my life growing up in southeast asia it was in that kind of mm-hmm. you know community like yes my parents would discipline me but so would my neighbors like so exactly. would their friends you know exactly. so i gotta be on my best behavior because like, i don't know ex- who's everybody gonna knows you exactly everybody <laughs> knows me everyone knows my mom so exactly word um, will get back faster exactly then you can get back home <laughs> exactly but then you know going going to europe going here i think it's very different culture different society like not necessarily good or bad like right, you said right, it's just sure. different it's just different. um but yeah, I don't definitely. I think there's pros and cons to it, like I said. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I know. I think and it's interesting. America, sure. like like I said, it's not bad. You know, there's yeah. so many. Sometimes I get overwhelmed. Like coming from Nepal where there was no opportunity. You know, there was nothing. You just kind of live to live. And, mm. that, and Which is like, again, not good or bad. It's just a way of living and under those circumstances. Then you come to America and you have resources and opportunity every, like, every way you turn. But then you also get overwhelmed because you're like, which opportunity should you take? Which should you not? And sometimes like I wonder, like, am I not doing enough? You know, there's so many opportunities and I'm only grabbing one, you know. So but that that's also like I don't look at it in a negative way. It's like a motivating factor because it's like I came from that. So I know, you know, I know that I should never just like um, take any like time, any second for um, for for granted, for granted. (laughs) I got you. So so like. Like, like I said, like being a refugee is such a like a motivating factor in my life. And I will only look at it in the positive ways that I can. Of course, there's so many struggles. I was so young. My parents are the ones. My grandparents are the ones that really struggled. And I like we, community. I my parents, like I owe everything to them. Uh, I didn't really get to see much because I, I was still young, but I still know how it was and I still know what they went through. So like that motivating factor um, is the one thing that really like pushes me to like get out of my comfort zone and take the opportunity. That's the one thing that got me to D.C. is like, you know, why am I just going to stay in Massachusetts when I can like go to D.C., go to Chicago and I can like take these other opportunities? So um, I know other people have different mindsets, but that's where like my headset is. And going forward, I will continue to use it, but only because it's a for me, it's a positive thing, right, you know, right. I like how that you've taken this and made it central to your identity and yeah. kind of helped you shape as a person. Mm-hmm. But 
I don't know. I just want you to like talk more on that about your identity and especially like, um, you know, living in so many different countries right. and all the lessons that you've learned growing up. Right. Kind of how does that, what's like your biggest takeaway, I guess, that you would attribute like, okay, this is who I am today. And what are like the top three things that I attribute to who I am from my upbringing and from my community? Um, right. I'm sure there's like a lot, but mm-hmm. kind of just like boiling it down. So starting off with my identity, that is something that I have always struggled with. I think I kind of like touched upon it in the beginning of uh, the podcast where Bhutan, I heard so much about it. You know, my grandparents, great grandparents, everybody lived and grew up there. But I have never been to Bhutan. You're not even allowed back in Bhutan technically, you know. So like I have no really connection besides the connection from my parents and my grandparents. And Nepal, I do have a connection, as in I was born there. My friends, like, my first friends are there, my first teachers. I learned so many things. I made so many memories. So in that aspect, I, like, I do have a Nepali identity because I have the Nepali culture, and I, I know the language, so, you know, the food, like, clothing. And then you come to America, and it's, like, it's, like, so many cultures mixed together, and you get yeah. overwhelmed, you know? Yeah. So I... I as of identity, I think I'm still kind of figuring myself out. And I think that I have a long way to go just because, like, I'm still growing up. I'm still, like, exploring other things. But I, you know, I label my, like, labeling I, as Nepali, obviously. And then I'm also an American. Right. Um, but there's, like, controversial because, like, I never got a citizenship. But because I was born there, you know, like, right, rules right, are right. different in each country. I, I am Nepali. And identity is also, like... A label, you know, if you, if you think about it. But I don't look at it as a label. To me, identity is who you are um, as a person. So I think as a person, let's go to the takeaway thing. Right. Can you repeat the... Yeah, no, of course, of yeah. course. I just wanted to say, like, kind of looking at yourself, like reflecting on yourself and how you see yourself and who you are today. What parts of that would you attribute directly to growing up in Nepal? Mm-hmm. You know, the way that you were raised, your mm-hmm. community, just like... Right everything that you've been through in life, if there was three things you can point, pinpoint in yourself right now and be like, this is directly because of this, mm-hmm. you know? So one of the things is uh, the second I got to the U.S., I was immediately involved in the community. Right. Not only, I wasn't only restricting myself to the Nepali community, I was also being involved in the community that I was living in. Yeah. So I did so many clubs and organizations and I um, like volunteered. I volunteered in so many places and I did all like, you know, the awareness walks and stuff. So that was directly correlated to like, like from living and g- growing up in Nepal because I missed that like sense of community, you know, right. that I didn't really get here. So when I ventured myself out and explored these new options and kind of pushed myself to be in organizations, it, it kind of like made me feel like, okay, there is a community here. It's not the same. It's not bad, but it's like a different kind of community. And, you know, so that sense of kind of always giving back to the community because even unknowingly, community is doing so much for you. Like, yeah, you know, sure. like you don't have to like show it out front, and yeah, you don't yeah. have to do things out front either. Like, you can do things for community and just like do it, like you know, for yourself or for the community. And so, th- the cr- community part is directly, I think, correlated, and I, I will continue to correlate, and I will continue to give back to the community, and um, and you receive from the community too. It's like yes, it's like give and two, take, give and take, exactly, give sure. and take. Um, another thing is. The, I, I learned a very important lesson in, in Nepal. Um, you kind of have to grow up quickly, too, like right. when you're living under right. those circumstances. And in Nepal, people are never, like, 
ex- they never like consider themselves so good at something you know they 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 give you the lesson of like you're always learning something even mm-hmm. when you're like 80 90 years old you're always a student in life i love that you like know what humility. i'm saying yeah exactly yeah. So, no, like, let's say after I get the, the bachelor's degree in GW, I'm not going to be like, I'm done. Right. You know, you're, you're right. never done. Even if it's not in the education category or aspect, you're always learning something. So that's, like, another really important takeaway um, that I would contribute. And then um, lastly, I think it's the importance of relationship and valuing, um, no matter if it's friendship or with family or with teachers and stuff. Like, here, um, people, like, for example, there's office hours and stuff, right? Right. But people only do that for their own advantage and benefits. But um, and that's okay. I mean, like, as if you have something like a goal in mind, and right, if you right. like, if that's your way, like, I'm, I'm not saying it's bad. Right. But for example, I will take the extra step to get to know them. Like, I'll go to the office hour not only because I need help, but like to get to know the teacher as a person, just so like when. You just learn better too when you know like where they're coming from and stuff. Yeah. And so I will go to office hour and just get to know them. I'll be like, hey, like, how are you? Like, what? Do you, why did you like? Why are you teaching? Why did you like? You know, kind of um, get into like this major and stuff like right. that. So, and even in my friendships, I value friendships so much because in Nepal, that's all you had it was relationships. Right. When right. you had no money, when you had no food, no nothing, what kept us going What was the relationships. And not right. only with your parents and your family, but with your community and with your friends and your teachers. So that I also brought that wisdom along to America. And um, I like to be friends with everyone and get to know everyone. You know, I try not to judge quickly. I, everybody yeah. has flaws and we're all like improving, but um, relationship is also something I really um, value. And I to try to tell people, you know, um, not teach them, but just kind of like share my wisdom on like right. that aspect. I love that. And yeah. I honestly couldn't agree more. And kind of coming back to the podcast, I think at the end of the day, when everything goes wrong, I feel like people are the most important thing. Exactly. And like I know that, you know, personally in my life too, when something was really tough, you come back to your friends, you come back to your family, like yeah. you said in Nepal, yeah. like, right. you know, at the end of the day, all you have is people. Right. And sitting down and having a conversation can instantly change your mood, exactly. can instantly change your perspective. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I didn't know that about you about going to office hours for, right, no. I think it's <laughs> awesome. Because, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, why do people go to office hours? Yeah. I was like, you know, if you don't have to, right. I wonder if people actually show up, especially during the pandemic. I right, was, right, right. I feel, I was like, oh, I feel kind of bad. Like, what if, you know, these Teachers just sitting week and mm-hmm. week and like mm-hmm. nobody's showing up. And to the even from hours. the teacher's perspective, they must feel so sad and lonely when like, you yeah. know, students don't really get to know them or like, you know, like I try to like put myself in other people's shoes to like if I was a teacher, right. if I walked into a room and nobody knew me, how can I teach? You know, or like it's if true. nobody kind of acknowledged like what I was doing, like why I was doing it or exactly. it's kind of like. You don't get the full experience and the full benefits, I feel like. I agree. I feel like you don't know the person behind, like, exactly. the profession or the role. Like, you and just that's know also them when as, like, you, like, start assuming things and judging people because, like, you don't know. That's what humans do. When they don't right. know, you assume and you judge. Exactly. So it's better to, like, know ahead of time or try to get to know. And then maybe you can proceed to assume, <laughs> Right. I guess. Right. I love that. And I bet you're an amazing student, too. Um, and I can clearly tell that you're very passionate about what you study, mm-hmm. which I think is really awesome because one thing is, like you said, getting a degree, like doing it, but right. knowing the people in your field, like exactly. being passionate every day, I think that exactly. speaks volumes. Yeah, so I just wanted to like ask you more about your major and about your minor and kind of where you want to take that later in life. I'm right. just curious because right. I know it's something you're very passionate right, about right, for right. sure. So I am majoring in international business and I'm still kind of exploring my way. I'm also um, looking at information technology and I'm definitely minoring in sustainability. So international business, it's because 
people just think, oh, you're just doing it to like travel because just because the word international is, is in it. I mean, like, yeah, of course I am. Yeah, why not? I know, like, <laughs> of course, like, who wouldn't want to travel, you yeah. know? But international business really spoke volume to me because not only is it like, you don't like limit yourself to one country or one company or one p- person or people, right? Like this, it's like about a global community. And a, a part of me is like, I want to obviously travel everywhere, but I want to know like so many, I want to like, what I excel at is like connecting things and like bringing people together. So in, in, in that aspect of international business, that's what I think I would do like a consulting firm mm. and where sustainability comes in is every company is going sustainable. You know, right, because it's a new trend. exactly it's it's a trend, but it's also it's a good trend because exactly. like climate change, it's, you know, people are saying and I don't know if it's like reliable, but like in 20 years, they're like, we're going to die, you know, because right. of climate change and stuff. Yeah. So every company is trying to go uh, sustainable and even consumers are looking for company who are sustainable. Yeah. So I did sustainability because I did an internship in um, a company called Ecomatic, which mm-hmm. everyone should go follow or like <laughs> <laughs> look up. Uh, it's a travel sustainability like business platform yeah and that really just gave me a whole new insight because like when you don't know something you just kind of assume like I said before yeah exactly yeah so when I like when I thought of climate change you have this mindset of like for example I have this coffee right here right and it's plastic right and I'm like what is one plastic going to do not yourself like (laughs) (laughs) like what is what is one plastic going to do you know but that's the that's the wrong mindset if you start doing it Maybe you're going to start doing it. You know, like I see you have that. Maybe it's a sustainable glass. So maybe I'm going to be like, I'll throw this away and buy a sustainable cup, you know? Yeah. Like that mindset of like, oh, just because I do it, like what's going to do it? How is it going to affect the rest of the billions of of people, you know? I agree. But that's a bad mindset. So when I really thought of that, I was like, okay, I really want to minor in sustainability and go to a company that values being sustainable, going sustainable, values the climate, like, you know, how... uh, how worse the climate change has been going on. And like I said, in, in Nepal, we really valued each and every plant, every animal, everything. And yeah. so that kind of goes into like under the sustainability where there's like SDGs where you learn about woman inequality, male in- inequality, like child mortality rates and all that. So it's a passion, but it's also something that everyone should learn. Even if yeah. you don't want to minor in it, you should at least like take a course in it because you will learn so much. And you want to, at least what I think of it, you want to work, you, you want to have a career where you can make a change. You right, know? for sure. So I feel like with that sustainability minor, I can really like put myself up there um, and really go for a company that will help me make a change in the world. Um, so when I did the internship, it was, I'm, well, it was unpaid, you know, so right. it, was, it was for the experience. But I you used got to, paid in knowledge. Exactly. So I used to tell my dad, I'm changing the world one email at a time. I love that. <laughs> you know? I love so, that. So, yeah. I love that. I try to think I'm changing the world every time I show up for a lecture because that's what gets me out of bed. But I'm, I'm not, every, obviously. No, no, no. You might like, be. You know, everybody, <laughs> everybody has a different mindset to it. I love that. I love that. Um it's actually kind of funny that you said that you are really into sustainability because I remember my junior year, I went to Unilever um, and Unilever is obviously known for sustainability. And it's just crazy how a lot of products like, you know, like Ben and Jerry's, like um, like L'Oreal, like all these, like oh, yeah. you know, it's like an FMCG. So like all these products that you use every day, um, you have no idea where they're where they're coming from. For sure. There are, a lot of them are actually manufactured sustainably, which... Mm-hmm. Makes me feel a lot better about the yeah, world, yeah. for sure. Um, 
Also, yeah. when sorry to cut you off. No, no, also, no, oh my god, no. Also, when you're traveling to like Dominican Republic per right. se, you only go to the resort area. You know, you don't go so to the true. local. So you're not even giving back to the local businesses. That's like what I learned from the sustainability course and my internship. You know, right. so. But it's not because people are being bad or want to be bad. For example, me buying this coffee doesn't make me a bad person. <laughs> I, can, I can <laughs> confirm you're not a bad person. <laughs> but it's just that people just don't have the knowledge. Like, they don't know. Like, nobody's here telling them, hey, like, this is this. Exactly. Like, when I went to Bahamas, we stayed at a local Airbnb. Versus when we stayed at a resort, it's a completely different environment. Mm-hmm. The local is, like, living with the locals, it's, like, it's really sad to see because, obviously, it's a developing, it's, like, a third, it's, like, just like Nepal. Mm-hmm. It reminded me just like Nepal. But then mm-hmm. for a day, we went to the resort just to, like, see it. And it was, like, first class. Everything was so new, so, like, fancy and luxurious. And it's, like, just if you just go two feet away, it's, yeah. like... Completely different world. Completely different world. And nobody yeah. cares. Like, you know, That's they true. go for their vacation. And, again, doesn't make them a bad person. They're just exactly. not... Nobody's, like... There's not much information about it, too. Right. And it's just a lack of knowledge. Which is why I say learning every day like you should try to like learn something new and even when you don't try you will learn something new like that's true also it's funny that you brought up the bahamas trip because i know the ins and outs of that trip yeah um and i just think it's so funny so i think you should talk a little bit about that and how you know everything with the suitcases yeah so i think it's a funny story so it was the first time our parents let me my brother and some of my younger cousins go like you know and like abroad i guess if you think about it um, and we got there and we were like, we rented a car with the Airbnb and we got there and we were really hungry. We parked our car in front of this beautiful beach and we went to eat right in front of, like we parked the car right in front of the restaurant. We went to go eat. We come back, no suitcases. Our, like our car was opened and all the suitcases were gone. And it was literally like 45 minutes of landing in Bahamas. <laughs> insane so, it's insane so but what i take away from that is again relating it back to nepal and being a refugee is like we didn't like i brought makeup i brought like fancy clothes and new mm. shoes and so many things but since we didn't have any of that we just really got to enjoy bahamas for bahamas like i didn't take two hours getting ready exactly you know like i didn't spend more money like we just we had one outfit for seven days <laughs> You know, like, no, any, no, like, not even sunscreen. <laughs> like, right. we had to go buy sunscreen. So, like, it really reminded me of Nepal. And I had forgotten that I had taken America for granted and how far I have come. Right. You know, like, sure. living like that, I was like, wow, like, in Nepal, this is exactly how we lived. Like, we didn't have new clothes every day. Yeah. We didn't have makeup. We didn't have anything. So, I'm like, I would, and at that point, I was taking so many things for granted. So, I was like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not even upset about it. I'm not even upset that my stuff got stolen. I'm just... Um, it's a lesson, you know, I took it as a lesson. It was like, okay, my, my head was way up. Like I was taking everything for granted, you know, even coming to Bahamas, like that was such a, you know, it's like privilege. Right. So I was like, everybody just took it as a lesson. We laughed it off and we just went up, went, went, went on about it with our one outfit. We spent the whole seven days in Bahamas, one bathing that. suit, one, <laughs> one dress, seven days. I love that. It's like, what's it called? Capsule wardrobe? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but not my choice. Exactly. So it, it, it was quite memorable. I love that. I love that. Okay, so we have a very highly requested question from Henry. And I, got, I just got to ask you, okay. do you have any favorite ghost stories? Okay, I got to tell you are, you. are you ready? You can't be scared. I might not go to sleep on time okay. today. And I might be That's okay. snuggling in bed with my roommate because I get scared easily. But you, yes, you go ahead. You probably have to do that. Okay, so I'm Hindu. 
Yeah. And obviously, we believe in spirits and stuff. Right. And we have this thing called Puran, where we kind of honor the dead ancestors and we bring like um, things from like items from the past and we kind of uh, do rituals around them. So if the person who passed away is not happy or not satisfied or he or she died under like first unforeseen circumstances, then they'll come back. Their spirit will come back to um, like somebody who's sitting at the rituals, their body, and they'll start talking. And I've seen this oh, wow. myself. Wait. I've seen it myself and they'll start shaking like literally and oh. the pr- and the the spirit will take over the person's body and start saying what happened to them. So oh for my example, God. my dad told me one one story. He my dad knows like seven languages. He's very cool. Very cool dude. Wait, um, what languages? I'm just so curious. Good question. A lot of languages. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, I don't want to interrupt this. Okay, okay. Continue, continue. So he knows Jonka, which is uh Bhutan's yes, national yeah, language. Yeah. And he was called because the, a, uh, a friend of his or acquaintance of his son was possessed and the spirit was talking in Jonka. Now the person doesn't, doesn't know Jonka. It's the spirit talking. The person is Nepali. Like, you know, it's like me. That's he was born crazy. and raised in Nepal. He has no, like he never, doesn't even know how to say hello in, in Jonka. So all of a sudden this guy's like speaking in Jonka. It's the spirit that's coming. And like, it was someone from his family, like far down the line who uh, I think he got shot or something, and you know he was just not happy. He was not getting to the other side, so he came and he started talking. So my dad went there and he kind of translated for them. And the guy was basically saying, "Hey, I got shot. This was the person who shot me. I want justice." Blah blah blah. Oh shoot! So at that point, I was like, "Damn, spirits are real," because the person doesn't know like yeah, the you language. Don't know the language you can't just learn. So unless there is some psychological science explanation, I'm just like, I don't know, like. Oh it's, it's not a ghost, but it's like I mean, spirit ghosts alike, oh potato, potato. Yeah. Well, how do you? Yeah. How do you explain that? That's Are insane. You, yeah. That's crazy. I feel like we rely on science so much, and so like when something yeah. can't be explained by science, you're right, like, right, okay. right. Wow, that's insane. That it's gonna <laughs> keep me awake at night. That's <laughs> so not 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 necessarily bad, but it's just you know, if he was like unhappy and if he didn't get justice, he would harm the family. So it's only like unhappy right. people who die. It's so not like happy people, right? No. So that's also that's kind of bad though, because it's like right, right, right. They're like not that I would want to be possessed, but mm-hmm. if it was like a happy ghost, you know, I'd rather that <laughs> than like right, right. But happy okay. ghosts are already in heaven if you think about it. You know, that's true. So. so like, what do they do? Like, how do he stop? So they'll do rituals to yeah. like make sure he reaches the other side. Or and then he like stopped. He yeah. Did he like have any recollection of this experience? No, no, no. no. So, so exactly, he would like be possessed for like an hour or so, not even less, and then he'll okay. be like, "What happened? Like, what just happened?" So he almost felt like he like passed out or mm-hmm. like fainted, and mm-hmm. then he like woke up. Mm-hmm. That's so scary. And who had to explain it to him? Who was like, yo, you were possessed. Like, (laughs) you know? Well, the family, obviously. But my dad was a translator because my dad knew Jonka. And there's few people who know Jonka in, like, America, obviously. So my dad was, like, translating, like, what was uh, was the spirit trying to say to the family? Um, That's crazy. Yeah. Well, knock on wood, that doesn't happen to me or you or anyone (laughs) in this room. That's that's not great. Um, okay, looks like we're almost at the top of the hour, but I just want to say, B, thank you so much for being on my show. And honestly, this was like our show today because you did a great job. And I think everyone is going to love hearing your story. And we're all very lucky to be able to hear your story. Thank you. Um, I just want to say thank you so, so, so much for having me. I'm so honored to be your first guest in Touchpoints. 
Um, I am so excited to follow you throughout your journey uh, when you bring different guest speakers. And I um, seriously urge everybody right now to um, <laughs> go follow, follow Touchpoint. And oh, yes, I'm going to do a little Instagram plug. Follow the, our Instagram handle. It's TalkXShow. So T A L K X S H O W. Um, and you can follow the Touchpoint's official Instagram. Um, but yeah, that's all for, for this episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Thank you.